the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So what an amazing achievement. It all kind of hit me this weekend, you know, seeing Ron DeSantis fold and uh, Nikki Haley flailing. Donald Trump is most likely, most likely anything can happen in politics, going to wrap up the nomination tomorrow night, maybe Wednesday, this week, probably. Donald Trump will be the de facto Republican nominee. Uh, and what does that represent? Um, number one, it's a, a lot of things, but... The people, the people are great. The people get it. The people see right through the fake news. They see right through those phony indictments. They see right through it all. Despite being bombarded by the entire culture for, what is it, seven years now that Donald Trump is the, is a monster. Donald Trump is evil. Donald Trump is a, they know, they know they can see it. And it's just a wonderful repudiation of the fake news, of Democrats, of that crazy, weird resistance movement, the prosecutors, the career officials, the deep state, the swamp, doing everything they could to sabotage this guy. And the people get it. The people are magnificent. You know, not nearly enough has been made of what happened last week in New Hampshire. You look at those, you look at that map of the state. 99 counties. Remember Ron yelling and screaming about all the counties that he visited? I told, I told him that's a waste of time. Nobody views the world that way anymore, but, but he did. And, uh, he didn't win one county. Didn't win one. So he had to quit. And he did last night. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Ron, uh, is out. And, uh, what, what did Trump say? He's, I'm officially retiring the DeSantis nickname. It goes away. And, and he had kind words for DeSantis. And I thought that was really beautiful. And at one point, I do think that Donald Trump will be talking to the left. I want him to talk to, all right, the people get it, the main, mainstream Americans get it, but there's some people, obviously a lot, and I know, I, I, I met this woman last night, and she said, with a straight face, Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. This is a reasonable person. Like, I know her. I didn't just, I mean, <laughs> there are people out there who believe this. You know, our side, we see through it. But you'd be surprised. They're out there. And they really, really, really believe this stuff they've been told. Um, so at one point, I want Donald Trump to start talking to them, get through all the fake news. He's got to have a big rally. And you know how he keeps us delighted in those rallies? You know, I eat it all up. I love it. I love the substance. I love the style. But I would love it. One night he says, you know, tonight I am I am actually, my, my message is not to my friends. It is to my to my enemies, to the people who don't like me, because you have been lied to about me. You have been lied to. And I don't care what you are, where you are. I will work so hard to make your lives better, so hard to defend your civil rights. You will have no greater friend in the White House than me. I know we can do it. And I saw a glimmers of it last week. He Look, he's ran a meticulous campaign. Meticulous. And... I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Like, you know, I, 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 my advice, you know, my advice, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he got this far without me telling him what to do. So, um, ah, I feel great about it. I feel great about, uh, MAGA. I feel great. Donald Trump, nobody in the world could be doing this other than him. Just a supreme, unbelievable, you know, 2021. Think about it. 
how dark those days were, right? Now, I knew they were lying about everything, but then they were building up DeSantis, and then they really made good on these indictments. You know what they got? The Democrats, overconfident. Overconfident. They started believing their own nonsense, their own hype, and they got sloppy. Like in Atlanta, I'm looking at the guy right now, Nathan Wade, never tried a never tried a felony case that this is the guy who's taking on President Trump. That is overconfident and sloppy. And he's going on taxpayer-funded vacations with the boss. I, that's just arrogance. And they all have it, right? They all, they're, they're just, oh, gosh, they're so taken with themselves. And they have been for a long time. I mean, hell, Hillary Clinton. You know what you Democrats don't understand? You know, it's about the people. It's really about us. And too, so often you just slam us. Here's Barack Obama back in the day, 2008. They covered this up, but this is what he really thinks about us. You ready? This is when he was behind closed doors talking to friends. Cut 11. People have been beaten down so long, and they feel so betrayed by government. Well, it's not surprising then that they get better than they claim to guns or religion or uh, antipathy towards people who aren't like them. A way to explain their frustrations. How about the government? How about fixing the government, right? That was all about the people. The people don't get it. They're racist. Oh, they're so silly. They're religious. That was Barack Obama in 2008. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I remember that. We should have, that should have been a deal breaker, don't you think, right? You know, Mitt Romney did the same thing a couple of years later. Mitt Romney, so dismissive of the people. I can't worry about the people. Nobody did it, I think. <laughs> Nobody shot themselves in the foot like Hillary Clinton did, though, right? Cut 10. You can put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. <laughs> right? The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. And unfortunately, there are People like that. And he has lifted them up. He lifted people up. He lifted people up. How about that, huh? How about that for a, a nasty, hateful, spiteful woman? That's what she thinks about the country she desperately wants to lead. Why does she want to lead it? She loves the power. She loves the money. She loves the perks. She loves everything that goes with it. Just hates the people. And that goes for Joe Biden as well. Um. You'll you'll hear Donald Trump criticize the far left, right? The leaders, the lunatics. He'll never criticize the people like this because he loves people. Joe Biden doesn't. Cut uh, 12. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear. So, um, clear up front. you know, like, <laughs> right, what do you say? Make America great again. He didn't even say extreme MAGA, right? Remember, he used to say extreme MAGA. Now it's just MAGA, make America great again. There wasn't one extreme proposal in the mix, not one, zero. Uh, this uh, deliberate distortion, you know, they, gosh, they just want what they got, right? They want their status. They have no skin in the game. When's the last time Barack Obama or Joe Biden walked into a CVS drugstore and saw the jelly beans under lock and key? Do they even know that's happening? Do they care? Hmm? 
How about when American students get kicked out of a high school in the middle of the school year, in the middle of the school week, to make way for illegal immigrants? Do they have do they have skin in that game? What about police? We're in the position now when we make a phone call, when we're in distress, are the police going to get there? Will they respond? When they get there, will they be empowered to help us to do the right thing? These folks don't have to care care about that. I mean, Hillary Clinton, she'll have her own security. She has her own security. And that goes for those tools over there at Fox News. I'm sorry. You know, they did so much to prop up DeSantis and to downplay Trump in big ways and small. And they don't care. You notice the people have been there for a long, long time. Most of those people have been. Google Brett Bear house. All right. Just Brett Bear and his house. Brett Bear, I can't believe this. One of the most mediocre broadcasters who ever lived, right? He's just a big, chunky teleprompter reader and goes with the flow. He's going to get to go to the party. He's a nice guy, and he does some things well, all right? But I'm sorry. A guy like that who's a professional observer, he's an observer, really, right? Should be. He has a house in Washington, D.C. that's worth $40 million. They just sold it. It is the largest private house real estate transaction in the history of Washington, D.C. real estate transactions. Brett Baer and his teleprompter <laughs> and his elevating of uh, DeSantis and his diminishing big ways and small of Trump. Uh, Harris is going to address the abortion rights. Okay, they're going to try to make us so afraid of abortion. Hey, the, whole, the other thing about Nikki Haley and... Nancy Pelosi, you heard this thing about the mistake that they say Donald Trump made. He actually was saying, uh, where is that? Donald Trump said Nikki Haley was responsible for January 6th. I think he actually did that on purpose. He said Nikki Haley because he wants people, he wants the media to have to say, no, it wasn't Nikki Haley who was in charge on January 6th and turned down all those officers. It was Nancy Pelosi. It's his way of getting the media to say, it's Nancy Pelosi's doing. Does that make sense? I think it does. Um, oh, Nikki Haley's got a new thing. What do we think about her? She's really getting desperate. And I tell you what, you know, again, she's a fourth grade teacher and she dresses like a fourth grade teacher. She dresses like a off duty fourth grade teacher. She reminds me very specifically of a Cub Scout den mother. That I had, I can't remember her name, but she was uh, very pretty, and she wore sweaters, and she was in charge of our den in the Cub Scouts. A den was like the little offshoot of the troop, and it was very fun. And we learned how to tie knots and paint things and whatever. Uh, who remembers this? Cut fifteen. Nikki Haley when she was trying to make us like her. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants, not black not white. I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Stop. Okay, that sounds beautiful, right? What is she saying now, now that she's desperate, now that the the oligarchs are behind her and money's all over the place and money's on the table? What did she say her mom said? Every day it was a great day to be in America, according to her parents. Would her parents have told her this if the following statement is true? This is Nick Haley uh, over the weekend to the fake news NBC. Cut nine. We were the only Indian family. 
in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. Stop! Any- See what I mean? What happened to... She she opens the campaign with Bamberg. And let's go back to the campaign thing, right? Because she picks up from there. And I think she says if that America is a racist country, according to some, and she says nothing could be more wrong or something like that. Keep going. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. All right, stop. Nothing could be further from the truth. But now she's desperate. And now she wants it. And she wants the esteem of the fake news. She's been captivated by them and think that they can pull her over the finish line. Hmm? And the racism she endured every day in the Deep South. Keep going with that one. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two-thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black, because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism, or hate. And I always will. All right, wait a second. I I thought nothing was further from the truth, that there was all this racism, right? You see it? You see what's going on here? By the way, the Walter Scott thing, what did she say? She minimized the the family wouldn't suffer. You remember that case? It was pretty wild. I'll have details when we come back. And what the hell happened in Chicago? The Chicago, you know, the NBA, you guys, what a bunch of punks. You guys stink. And so do the fans. Excuse me. I'm talking about the fans in Chicago, what they did to that that woman, that widow of the GM. You know, you sit with the masses. You go crazy at a stadium for the for the basketball team. You know what I'm talking about, right? They booed a 92-year-old woman to tears. The wife of the general manager, I think, Mr. Krause, was he the team owner or the general manager? Whatever. He made the Chicago Bills, Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, and they booed the widow. They brought her to tears and an amazing rebuttal uh, from Mr. Mushnick in the post. We'll have it when we come back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. 
traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know you're not supposed to talk about the election, right? You're not supposed to talk about the election unless you're the mainstream media in 2020 talking about all the weird stuff that happened on election night. (laughs) They couldn't figure it out. This is NBC News. This is CNN. This is uh, this is you name it. Uh, the, The elite media. They knew something was up. We can't talk about it now, huh? Well, this is what, what have these questions ever been uh, fully resolved? Has this ever been explained? Have we gotten our answers? No, we haven't. Cut 13. A water pipe has broken in State Farm Arena. State Farm Arena is where they were counting the absentee ballots of Georgia's most populous county. And now the tabulation has stopped. It's Allegheny, which is Pittsburgh, but also Beaver, part of our county to county, mm. Butler and Westmoreland. They've all stopped counting for the night. They've gone to bed. They begin the process at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Good morning, Heather. They did have the press pause overnight. They will be back in a few short hours, expected to resume counting around 8.30 this morning. Fulton County is now going to stop counting at 10.30 p.m. and will resume their count at uh, tomorrow morning. They basically stopped counting tonight. They're going to start counting again in a few hours. It's already tomorrow morning, right? The election workers stopped counting those mail-in ballots at 10 o'clock. They will be back again tomorrow at 10 a.m. And Nevada says it stopped counting the votes yesterday, election day, but don't they don't say why. Why did you stop counting them? Here's where it gets really bizarre. At Fulton County, most populous county, it is Atlanta, they just stopped counting at 10.30 p.m. They stopped counting their absentee ballots. They said they'd pick it up in the morning. But the counting in one of that state's biggest counties has stopped. Mike Armstrong is in Pennsylvania. Mike, we're talking about Allegheny County. That's the area around Pittsburgh. What's happening? Election workers in Allegheny County are back to work after pausing counting overnight. Butler County had to press pause on counting ballots. Nevada, meanwhile, has stopped counting votes until 9 a.m. on Thursday. Uh, see what I mean? <laughs> that was weird. A lot of weird stuff happened in 2020. A lot of the uh, rules were changed in violation of the law. They they blew off the law, came up with new rules because of COVID, and that's not adequately been addressed at all. Zero, no commissions, nothing. Oh, what about 63 court cases? Never actually made it to trial. The judges, they never looked at the merits of it all. Um, And something like 70% of voters understand that there are grave problems with the election of 2020. And that's why they still call us deplorables. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. NBA champion, two-time NBA executive of the year, represented by his wife, Thelma, basketball Hall of Famer and former Bulls general manager, Jerry Krause. So, at first it was mostly booze, a lot of booze. And I think they came up with some fake cheers. That woman, Thelma, was crying her eyes out because they were booing her. 
So her, her late husband, Jerry Krause, he made the Chicago Bulls the Chicago Bulls. And this guy, Phil Mushnick, you ever read him in the uh, in the New York Post? He's uh, he's brilliant and uh, he's totally spot on. And he, <laughs> he, well, listen to this. Given that, this is what he writes, Phil Mushnick, New York Post. Given that no one in authority has had the guts to stand up and demand that it stop, I guess this is how it's going to be till death do us part. Our quote-unquote sports culture has become unhinged, uncivilized, and most everyone who counts is complicit. Last week, a revolting episode occurred at a Bulls game in Chicago, one that should have made lasting, angry, red alert news. But perhaps because it has become what's expected from our sports culture, it quickly faded. The Michael Jordan-era Bulls were being honored in the team's first Ring of Honor ceremony that specifically saluted the six NBA championships won under late GM Jerry Krause, who wasn't treated with kindness in the ESPN Netflix Jordan docuseries The Last Dance. Despite forming teams of historic dominance, he was blamed for the team's fall. And so seated on the floor in the United Center was Krause's widow, Thelma, 80 years old. And when she was introduced, many in the crowd, not just a few morons, booed her loudly and clearly. That's right, they jeered her, an 80-year-old widow who was flanked by her grandchildren. Miss Krause broke down in tears, and not the grateful kind. She and her late husband were being humiliated by a 2024 NBA crowd of dehumanized humans, and, as intended, it hurt. Not that there was anything new here. NBA in-house fans have become increasingly uncivilized. There's an ugly episode of a fan versus visiting player hassle nearly every week. The the Clippers' Russell Westbrook last week got into it with a courtside name-caller in Denver. But the mob cruelty in Chicago exceeded the boundaries of degenerative group conduct. Doubly so when one considers it occurred in the name of what used to be known as sports. And NBA Commissioner Adam Silver should have used this disgrace to at least stand and declare, shout even, that he will no longer quietly indulge the misconduct that has become pervasive throughout the league. But he did not. Again, it seemed as if no one at the top dared to offend the most offensive. Thus, this is how it will remain. If it doesn't grow worse, Silver brings to mind the late English Israeli diplomat Abba Iban, who said of Israel's country's terrorist neighbor leaders, they never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity for peace. So Silver again passed on an opportunity to very loudly, clearly and publicly read the riot act on behalf of well-comported fans and their families who have been abandoned by the modern cell of mutual disrespect starting with calls to arms of screaming public address announcers. What? Starting with the calls to arms of screaming public address announcers. I don't know what that means. Pity this episode lacked sustained national attention because there were plenty of newsworthy responses. Bill Cartwright, the retired Bulls and Nick Center, now an administrator at the University of San Francisco, his alma mater, sent a to-all-it-may-concern letter. Throughout the course of my career, whether at University of San Francisco, the New York Knicks, or the Chicago Bulls, I have always watched, thought, and, when it was appropriate, time spoke. The sight of Thelma Krause being booed while representing her husband, 
who was arguably one of the best general managers of all time, was horrifying. I knew Jerry and Thelma on a personal level. He had great insight into basketball and how to build a team with complementary players. While playing for Chicago during a game with Indiana in the 1994 season, I was hit in the throat. It left my larynx fractured and my vocal cord paralyzed. It was truly devastating as I had no voice for a year. Jerry found the best throat doctor, Dr. Robert Sadaloff of Philadelphia, to help me get my voice back. I don't have a perfect voice now, but I do at least have one thanks to Jerry. It's a shame that only a few people truly knew what kind of person Jerry was. Some of the best years of my life were when I was a Chicago Bull. This display honestly does tarnish that legacy somewhat for me. To the Bulls fans who booed, understand that not all the heroes of those amazing championship runs were on the court. Jerry Krause was instrumental to every single championship the Bulls won. Respectfully, Bill Cartwright. Oh, amen. Stacy King, an ex-Bull and now Bulls broadcaster, thus normally expected to speak no evil. What we witnessed today when Jerry Krause's name was called and the people that booed and his widow who was accepting this honor for him, it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I hurt for that lady. It brought her to tears. Whoever booed her in this arena should be ashamed of themselves. And then he said, then he slammed New York, that guy. People in New York do that, not in Chicago, no. Even the most curious NBA coaches were appalled. Jerry did an amazing job building those teams. And uh, what are you going to do? This stuff is tolerated now. It's uh, tolerated, even encouraged. Look the other way. The fans are crummy, and so are the players. Most of them. Sorry. It is. It's just that's the way it is. I don't want to spend all that money uh, to go to a game. It used to be used to be simple. It used to be simple. Now it's just so bloody corporate, isn't it? All right. Thank you, Phil Mushnick from the New York Post. Brilliant writer and keen insight. And he's um, he's unafraid. And he's just he's on to it. He's on to it. He gets it. And uh, most sports writers, actually, they ingratiate themselves with the league. They ingratiate themselves with coaches and players. Uh, it's all a suck-up game, not with him and not with me, I like to think. All right, do we have the uh, the quote of – all right, this is the, the, the big gaffe of the weekend. They say, Donald Trump, huh? Do you see a problem with this? There's actually no problem but brilliance. Donald Trump on uh, something about January 6th, please. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they do you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it, because of lots of things. Like Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people, soldiers, National Guard, whatever they want. They turned it down. They don't want to talk about that. Wait, that's it? All right. So that's the part about Nikki Haley. All right, so everyone's freaking out. Nikki Haley, that's not Nikki. It's Nancy Pelosi. Always oh, losing it. Number one, if that is a gaffe, which I don't think it is, it's it's minor. Nikki Haley, Nancy Pelosi. Nikki Haley, Nancy Pelosi. You're campaigning. You're defending yourself in courtrooms all over the country. You're campaigning. Could anybody do it better than Trump? I don't actually think so. There's something kind of supernatural about his energy level. We could put together hours and hours and hours of. Uh, Joe Biden screwing up, <laughs> I mean, right? 
I mean, we, we, we know, we know. It's just, it's, it's, it's sad. It's almost cruel. But Nikki, there are a couple of things that could be going on here. I think it's pretty easy to confuse Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. Their two names are very similar phonetically. And they both start with N and they both end in vowels, the first names and the last names, right? Nikki, Nancy, Haley, Pelosi, right? But I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a gaffe like that, that he just got confused or tired and said the wrong name. I actually think there's something very clever going on here. He said Nikki Haley. So people would correct him, right? All weekend long saying, well, he really meant Nancy Pelosi is the one who turned down the, the security. Nancy Pelosi was the one who destroyed all the evidence, right? So they have to make that correction while giving air, you know, giving momentum to the allegations that he just kind of waged against Nikki Haley. Those allegations don't apply to Nikki Haley. They apply to Nancy Pelosi. So it gives like double life to it. You know, does that make sense? It's kind of, it's a, it's a trick he used to do. It's, it's kind of like build the wall. We're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. Well, you take it to the next level where the debate is suddenly, how is Mexico ever going to pay for a wall? How's that going to happen? Remember when he came down the escalator? The first thing he said, we're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. Nobody, it, it suddenly, it wasn't that foreign an idea, a crazy idea to build a wall. It was like a given, okay, we're going to build the wall. How would we ever get Mexico to pay for it? You know, uh, people say, well, he's exaggerating the number. I got to tell you, there is actually a line out of the Manchurian candidate. I know it's a, but the guy in there is running around saying, there are 400 communists in the State Department. And then he changes the story. He says, there are 375 communists. There are 532 communists. He keeps changing the number. And then he gets embarrassed and he goes to his wife, who's his handler, says, why do you keep making me change the number? I can't we just pick one number. And she actually it's Angela Lansbury says, don't you get it, you dummy. They're not debating if there are communists in the State Department. They're debating how many are in the State Department. Hmm? <laughs> it's kind of now that's a kind of a malevolent fictional example. But it is an interesting rhetorical um, device. And people use them in politics. Do we want to hear the entire thing of Ron DeSantis leaving? Uh, and is Ron DeSantis, is this it for the endorsement? Is this the whole thing? All right, let's hear. Cut four, please. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am suspending my campaign. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. Well, that's nice. He said a few more things, though. And I'm going to, um, we're going to rewind and go, I want to hear the whole thing. Uh, do you think he has a future? 
did he do so much damage to himself? Now, I told him out loud not to run in 2022. It actually got a fair amount of pickup. People were writing the story about uh, how uh, conservative, uh, what do they call me? Conservative big mouth Greg Kelly says, not yet, Ron. And I went over the weird little quirks that he has. I went over the fact that he was still very young. I went over the fact that he was basically a Donald Trump copycat. I went over the fact that, yes, he would not have been governor without the endorsement of Donald Trump. I went through the commercials that he ran to become governor. And he's running around with a MAGA hat and he's putting his kids in MAGA T-shirts and, you know, reading uh, story time with Trump to his children. It was just you can't embrace Trumpism like that and then run against Trump. You can't. Now, there is this, though. If if he didn't run the establishment, and I think he really craves the approval of the establishment, would have resented it. And if Donald Trump were getting the nomination now without opposition from DeSantis, and let's, I, I feel like in a weird way that could have done more damage to him. I don't know. It's its a close call. What do you think? Does that make sense? I feel like if he was on the sidelines, they may have been so angry at him, the establishment. Now that he did it, he proved that he couldn't be. And a lot of it is quirks. A lot of it is, I hate to say, just the, look, he seems to have an issue. I don't know what it is. It's a social disorder of some kind. I am surprised he made it to governor. Hey, then again, Florida is a huge state. You don't become governor by, you know, talking to people, going around asking for their vote. You get to be governor by a media campaign, a broad media campaign. So the quirks and his idiosyncrasy, his, his idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasy. Right. An idiosyncrasy. Yeah. Did I say that right? Why is that? I haven't said that word in about 50 years. Idiosyncrasy. Yeah. Um, That didn't hurt him all that much. All right. We got the whole thing now. Let's hear it from Ron from the top. Let's give him his due. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service from joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq to representing the people in the U.S. Congress and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who've been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. Stop! We can- he just said the warmth of Florida. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Is that what he said? He said the warmth. Anyway, it's just oddball. But I like what he did. Keep going. I'll- serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who've been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. Stop. He almost seems kind of perky and happy now, right? Doesn't he seem like like the – and he's happy to be back in Florida. He just didn't like it. He didn't like campaigning. He doesn't like people. I think that's it for Ron forever. He can be governor of Florida for a long time, but the man will never be president. Sorry. Hey, that's that's okay. All right? Most people will never be president. How many presidents have we had? 40, 50, something like that? 46? All right? In a 250-year history, it's no disgrace. Ron, you got a lot to be proud of. But you should have waited. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
And the phone number of the Greg Kelly Show, we got to put it out every now and then, is 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You know, earlier I mentioned uh, amazing people brought us to the point where Trump may clinch this nomination this week, earlier than I think has ever been done before, uh, by a non-incumbent, and he's not an incumbent, um, the people, right, who saw right through all the crap, uh, Trump himself, all right, I'm, nobody else in the world could pull this off, and of course, more than anybody, God, all right, uh, adversity, uh, bringing on greatness, testing, you know where you can find mm, a few examples of that? In the good old Bible, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. That's the way it works, and it's awesome. It's awesome. All right, let's see here. Dwight, hello. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Back in um, 1952, Eisenhower uh, had something on there where he said, uh, Eisenhower answers America, and what he talks about 72 years ago is very much like we see today from these Democrats. Also, uh, wait, what, 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 what? Um, Eisenhower answers America. That was just part of his campaign in 1952. And? And, what, and the, what he talks about with the Democrats is very similar to what we got going on right now. All right. Nothing. Wh- what did he say? <clears throat> well, he talks about the Democrats aligned to us that things are good, and the American people say, Prices have doubled. How could that be? Huh, Eisenhower. You know what Eisenhower also did? Uh, he was very, very, very strong on illegal immigration and uh, also said illegal immigrants, uh, most of them can't stay here. Uh, good old Ike. All right. Thank you, Dwight. And then I got to go to uh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Greg. Um, so if, if it's hard to hear me, I'm driving. My I can hear you truck. fine. What's the deal? Oh, oh great. Okay. Um, you know what I was thinking? Oh. Oh shit, Greg, are you there? Are you still yes, there? Yes, I can. And now you're cursing and stuff like that. And oh, I'm sorry. All right, I'm stop. Sorry. All right. So what is it? All right, just get your act together and start talking. Got it. Um, do you think because DeSantis and Haley were such great supporters of Trump, and Trump helped them out so much, made him governor, made her in his, in his cabinet? Do you think somebody got in their ear, like a Soros type, got in their ear and said, "Hey, look, we can beat him." Why don't you try running for president? We'll back you. We'll support you. Let's do this. You know, like a divide and conquer. What do you think? Uh, let me think about that. Yes, of course. What are you talking Whether it was Soros or not, uh, forget Soros for a moment. I mean, big money people, the establishment, right? The same uh, jerks who brought us Jeb Bush, uh, like uh, th- those people, all right? The, they saw DeSantis and they thought, this is our answer. Now, you and me, we look at DeSantis and we see a fidgety, weird guy. We're like, what's with him? And then we see Nikki Haley and we're like, who? I mean, but the establishment, uh, you know, upper crust Republicans, they are almost always. In fact, they're always wrong. So, yeah, I don't know if it was George Soros. All right. Not George Soros. It was, um, you know, we got we got our big billionaires on our side. Some of them are good, a lot of them aren't, and a lot of them just want power, and they're so, totally in cahoots with the other side. Anyway, interesting, Kevin, thank you. There's the music. What else did I want to get to? We'll get to it when I... Uh, co- oh, guess who's uh, truthing the hell out of me? Donald Trump himself. He put four videos that I did, four videos up over the weekend on his Truth Social account. If only people follow Truth Social, though. <laughs> 